This is New York. This is New York. This is New York. This is New York. I got a lot to say. This podcast is brought to you by the New York Historical Society. Launching on July 4th is their Summer of Hamilton. Go to nyhistory.org slash exhibitions to find out more. This is New York is a podcast from dnainfo.com. I'm your host, Gwen Hogan. Each episode, you'll hear a conversation with one of our neighborhood beat reporters, then a story from their beat. This week, we're going to Gramercy Park, that gorgeous, expensive, tranquil, exclusive neighborhood. So today I'm here with two of our reporters who covered Gramercy. There's Amy Zimmer, who reported there in 2010, and Heather Holland at Uh, covered it for another publication also starting in 2010 and has covered it intermittently since. Amy covers education and real estate now with DNA and Heather is an editor. Ladies, thank you so much for taking time in your busy day to sit down with me. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. So I just wanted to start by talking Gramercy Park if um, some people have not heard of it before. It's uh, one of the only one of two private parks in New York City, the other is in Sunnyside, Queens. Um, you have to lot owners around the perimeter, um, get a certain amount of keys per building. You can pay for an extra key, but it's basically a very exclusive um, park that's only for neighbors in the immediate vicinity. So I just wanted to start by asking, um, did either of you think that like having this very unique geographical feature made it um, different in any way to cover the community surrounding it? Were there any unique challenges that you found that maybe you didn't find in other areas? I've, you know, covered Flatiron, Union Square, Murray Hill, Kipps Bay, and um, one thing I noticed about covering Gramercy Park is just that it's, it's, a, it's a very close-knit neighborhood, and Arlene Harrison was kind of the, the person who held all the keys. She kind of was the one that you had to go through to kind of find people who knew people. A similar beat to, you know, or a neighborhood beat to anything else, but it, it was a little challenging. Yeah, so you mentioned Arlene Harrison, who is, she says she's not the self-proclaimed mayor. She says that other people proclaimed her that title. Um, and we're going to hear from her in just a moment. But can we talk about like the other actors? Who are the other sort of like people that are um, around people or institutions around the park? Well, there are two very historic clubs that face the park. There is the National Arts Club and the Players Club, and they've been there for more than 100 years each. And both of those clubs have had their their share of, of issues and allegations. Those clubs have a long history in the neighborhood, and all the people who live in the buildings around the clubs seem to have, or not all, but a lot of people seem to have a vested interest in what happened at those clubs. And I think that might be a little bit different than in other parts of the city. One more thing yeah. about the next years each. And both of those clubs have had their their share of, of issues and allegations are also residents of the community. And there were some people who were like sort of integral figures, you know, not in terms of being leaders, but really beloved figures in the community. Is it, is it still a residence? At one point, was it a residence only for artists? And then it's sort of, is that is that what the idea was in the past? I mean, the, it was, it was started, it was supposed to be for artists. And I think 
that's still the mission. Um, I think over the years there may have been people who somehow got apartments who weren't necessarily practicing artists. And there was some controversy over that, but the intention is was for, I mean, these are beautiful apartments with studio height ceilings. I visited Will Barnett uh, and you know, it's he had this magnificent apartment where his he painted, and you know the light streamed in from these huge windows. I mean, it was really perfect as a as a studio for an artist. So. Wow, yeah. So it, just like on the same lines of the architecture of that neighborhood, it seems like you walk like a block in either direction, and there are high rises. But that neighborhood is very intact, just like the perimeter. Um, have there been struggles to keep the architecture the same against developers. It is a historic district, so there are pretty strict rules about what can and cannot be done. Um, That said, many of the people who live in the neighborhood are preservationists or preservation-minded and definitely put up fights if things were changed too much. There's a huge influx in money, even though it was always an expensive neighborhood, it's even more expensive now, just as Manhattan as a whole is more expensive now. Did you guys see tension between sort of like the old community stakeholders and maybe like newer money that was coming into that neighborhood? Was there ever any controversy between that? The only thing I can think of is that um, this socialite couple recently bought a townhouse and then planned to gut renovate it after it had already been renovated and um, they wanted or they were building a geothermal well to make it a I guess some kind of eco-friendly home not really sure but it was very noisy and people were saying they couldn't use the park because it was so loud for the drilling of this well and and trees well, the trees are, uh, I think there were trees maybe ripped up for their project, but then also because they had to divert traffic, there were trucks that hit, crashed into trees on the park side and then had to be removed by the parks department because they were danger a danger to the community. Um, but I think that was an example of kind of new money coming in that didn't necessarily mesh with the community. Um, I don't think that they, uh, it didn't seem like they introduced themselves very well to the community before they started their project. So I just have one last question before uh, I let you get back to your busy schedules. I just wanted to say, can can you, we spoke briefly about Arlene Harrison a few minutes ago, and she's going to take us through the rest of the podcast. So I just, who is she, for someone who's never heard her name before, who is she? Um, I'm not sure how how she kind of got into this uh, position, but she's always been kind of a spokeswoman for the park. She's the, she's the one that sp- kind of spoke for the community. Arlene has very specific views on, on how the park should be run and preserved and maintained. And there are other people in the community that don't necessarily agree with her. That was kind of her role, I think, is to kind of speak to media. She was at community board meetings. She was at, you know, like precinct meetings. She spoke on behalf of the community. 
and she she's always told me that she was mayor. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by the New York Historical Society. Launching on July 4th is their Summer of Hamilton. It's a museum-wide celebration of the life and remarkable achievements of the man who played a leading role in the Revolutionary War and in the early years of the founding of the United States. Go to nyhistory.org exhibitions to find out more information. Can I just, can I just, can I just? And that's why we slippery slope, slippery slope, slippery slope. We have to say no. And that's, that's the best we can do. Over two decades ago, people wanted to look for a title for me. And everybody had different ideas. They had everything. They had queen. Some people said uh, empress, tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. Uh, BOE, boss of everything, which I kind of like and I do use from time to time because people are always introducing me to other people and they're struggling with how to define who many people settled on mayor of Gramercy. I have become the keeper of the keys and I am the enforcer of the park. This wherever we are, the streets, I'm president of the Gramercy Park Block Association, and I'm also a trustee of Gramercy Park. Samuel Rubbles created Gramercy Park pursuant to an 1831 indenture as a private ornamental, ornamental is key, park. It should have been garden for the quote, use, benefit, and enjoyment of the owners and occupants of the surrounding lots. Since you've been sort of the empress of the park, what are some of the rules? Can you give me a list of what they are? I was ready for you on that. And because we have so many rules, Daylight hours only, gravel paths only. Since this is not a playground or a beach, appropriate attire is expected. Commercial photography, no, not permitted. Commercial photography, wedding photography, filming, videotaping, or other commercial activities. No, there's no filming in the park. We say no, we don't accept. There's no commercial activity in the park. Wedding or commitment ceremonies, wedding parties, private events, tours, groups, classes. No, not permitted. Feeding of birds, squirrels, or other wildlife. No ball playing or frisbees. No dogs or other animals. Musical, theatrical scene. So you hear one guitar, what's the big deal? Well, that leads to a group. We say zero tolerance because of the slippery slope. You would think, why can't I go with my bikini, you know? And why can't I spread a blanket or play? My kid wants to play a guitar. I want to have alcohol. No, no entertainment. See, it's everything is a slippery slope. You start with the guitar, and then you got the band, and then you got the wedding party with the band. I tried opening up some of the green space in previous years. It was a disaster, because then the park became overrun. 
the value of this park is not that you have to be inside sitting. It's your eyes coming out on this beautiful green space, trees, as opposed to just uh, high rises. Ruggles had a saying, you know, w w doesn't just bless the people here, blesses the city forever. It's not because they went into the park, but their eyes rested on this green space and they felt a need to care for it. After our interview, Arlene takes me on a walk around the park. Every morning and afternoon, armed with a clipboard and a pen, she does the rounds, circling the park, going inside, and greeting those she meets along the way. There are dog walkers. Hey! How are you? I haven't seen you in a long time. And a mom with a little baby. Oh, there's that cute baby. Hi! I said, oh, there's that cute baby. Arlene checks in with the gardener, who's taken care of the park for more than 20 years. His name is Amando Flores. Amando, in Spanish, Amando Flores. When you translate to the English, it's like loving flowers. Yeah, his name means loving flowers in English. No joke. Yes, that's my name. Yeah. Well, let me tell you Have you always loved flowers? Well, this is, uh, this is my living. Since I, was, since I was a little kid, I've always worked in a garden. I mean, yeah, this is my passion. Arlene greets the doorman. Here's the 18 Gramercy. I visit them every morning. How are you, my darling? How are you? How are you? Oh, we got three doormen now. Hello. Oh, I like, I like this. this. We got one at the door, one over here, one on the way to the elevator. This must be a very fancy building. And pops into Mylino, the restaurant on the north side of the park where she eats breakfast every day. This is my de facto office. That's how Danny nice describes office. it. This, this is my caffeine central. These are my Hello. caffeine central friends. She, for now, she likes a iced latte with simple syrup. She likes it sweet. Sometimes she likes a little bit of chocolate in it, too. Back on the street, a neighbor walking his dog comes up to Arlene. How are you? Yes. I already know you're famous, so this is going just too far, being followed you around can never with a microphone. You can never like... go too far. Not when you're branding the park and protecting it. You, can, you just can never, you know, it can be as relentless as you want. You know I have that in my personality. And that's why you're the mayor and I'm nobody. If you had a nightmare about like what the worst case scenario would be, what does the park look like? Like skyscrapers, skyscrapers. You see what's happening in Central Park. Skyscrapers. As soon as you cast shadows over a park, it gets cold, it gets dark, and you want to leave. You get limited use of the park. Uh, these developers, who have very, they have, they have very little rules. My message to them, don't mess with us. People are always apologizing for me. They're always saying, she's really nice. She, I say, don't tell them I'm really nice. I, I want to be effective. I want to be a protector. I don't want to be really nice. I need to do my job. I will work to keep that park from you. Arlene told me her next big challenge is to find a person as dedicated as she is to replace her. 
and she's already identified several possible candidates for the next generation of Gramercy Park protectors. Lots of different music in this week's episode. It all comes from the Free Music Archive. It's a magical place. There were two songs from the artist Anatech and one by Jared C. Block. That's spelled B-A-L-O-G-H. As always, our theme music is by The Silent Partner. The song's called Daydream. The sound effects you heard were from freesound.org. This is New York is a podcast from dnainfo.com. I'm Gwen Hogan. If you think there's a story worth turning into a podcast happening on your block, let me know. You can find my email on the DNA Info website, or you can tweet at me. My handle is at Gwen Fitz, that's G-W-Y-N-N-E-F-I-T-Z. Hope you tune in next time.